I'm doing well. I'm in my home in Beijing, and things are getting back on track. And the、uh, companies are reopening, and people are returning to work. Wet markets, where the virus is believed to have originated. Do you think that we'll see the loosening of those restrictions again? I don't think so. I think this time they're getting serious. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen this week, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. And today we have a big show on tap. We're going to be talking about ways to boost your immune system so that you can push back against COVID nineteen. But I want to start with a question. It's a simple one. How are you? How are you doing? There's a lot of uncertainty right now, a lot of panic, and a lifetime of worry. What we're going through right now with this coronavirus pandemic is a once-in-a-lifetime event. Hopefully, a once-in-a-lifetime event. In the span of 48 hours, let's just kind of bring you up to speed here. In the span of the last 48 hours, the number of cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. has more than doubled, and everyone now living in California is being ordered to stay at home. Hundreds of thousands of people are falling ill across the world. Hospitals are overwhelmed. People are losing their lives because there simply aren't enough beds and ventilators to keep up with the crush of patients. And it seems like the news is dire, and it's getting worse by the day. And it feels like there is no end in sight. But my friend. My guest today is a beacon of light at the end of a dark tunnel. He is a man who is truly a ray of hope, because he has already been through what you and I and the majority of people are going through right now, and he says things are getting better. Doctor Jia Zhu will be joining us momentarily, all the way from Beijing, China, the country that has been ground zero for the coronavirus. Now we're going to get into a lot of things, but chief among them is the fact that life there is starting to return to normal. Businesses are starting to reopen. Restaurants are welcoming customers back, sitting them down to enjoy a meal once again. The malls that had been shuttered—they're springing back to life, and people are beginning to reemerge from their homes after months of isolation. Indeed, there is light at the end of the tunnel. The number of new cases there is plummeting, and of course, all of that is welcome news to. All corners of the world, and hopefully, it's also a sign of what's to come for us all. And that's not the only big news from Ja today, because we're also going to talk about the restrictions that are being put upon the exotic meat markets in China, where this virus is believed to have originated. It is his expectation that, unlike in the past. This right now will be the wake-up call that lawmakers there need to make permanent changes. So we're going to be talking about all of that. It's really an uplifting conversation, and I hope that you will share it with your friends and your family, so that maybe they can sleep a little bit easier tonight, knowing that this chaos, hopefully, is only temporary. But that's just one part of the show today, because we're also going to be welcoming Dr. Jasmine Sardana to the exam room to talk about ways that we can boost our immune system. What food should we be turning to? What nutrients? What minerals will pump up our body's ability to fight off viruses? And what other lifestyle changes should we be making right now to get our immune system in peak condition? All good questions. We're going to get some answers. So today's show is all about getting out the facts, keeping you informed, and showing you that we can get through this. So, are you ready? Let's start right now with Dr. Jia Zhu. 
Continuing a special episode here of the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll. Joined now on Skype all the way from Beijing, Dr. Jia Zhu. He is the author of Healing Without Medicine. That is a bestseller over in China, and he also happens to work with us here at the Physicians Committee. Welcome to the program, Jia. Hi, Chuck. I'm happy to be here. Uh, we are thrilled that you are here as well. My first question to you, frankly, is how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm、uh, I'm in my home in Beijing, and uh, uh, we are mostly in se- separation with the world. You know, everybody is like this,、uh, but、uh, things are getting、uh, back on track, and people are,、uh, you know, the、uh, companies are reopening and people are returning to work. And, and we're seeing those reports here in the U.S., and that is definitely very encouraging. As we seem to be about a month behind、uh, China, where you are, maybe two months even, and、uh, a few weeks behind Italy and other places in the world、um, that are experiencing really、uh, heavy, heavy loads of of the COVID nineteen virus right now. But where is Beijing in correlation to Wuhan, where this virus is believed to have originated? Right. So Beijing is about、uh, like a. Ten thousand is one thousand kilometers away north of Wuhan. So Wuhan is sort of in the center of China, and Beijing is to the north,、uh, a little bit east of Wuhan, one thousand kilometers away. And when these reports started to come out of everybody getting sick there, you started to see the spread of the virus. At what point were you told to maybe self-isolate where you were?、Uh, I think it's. At the end of、uh, January, about January twenty fourth, something like that, and、uh, it's like all of a sudden that we we are required to、uh, to start to stay at home, and which is、uh, yeah, which we we are okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm、yeah. glad to hear that. I'm assuming、uh, supermarkets and things like that they were they stayed open. They stayed open. Actually, it's if you're not in Wuhan, you're 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 you mostly fine. So the, the supermarkets open. You can there. It's easy to get food and、uh, you know everyday、uh, needs. So it's, it's, there's no panic. Well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, was there ever a, a level of really extreme anxiety? Because it seems like here right now in Washington D.C. there is extreme. Uh, panic that's occurring, and and certainly it's not just limited to this city. I mean, it's it's across the country. There's so much unknown. Was there a lot of anxiety、um, in in China at, at any point?、Uh, I think it depends on where you are. So in Wuhan,、uh, maybe、uh, because I'm not there. So, but I know that in that city,、uh, you know, people are more.、Uh, Are more sort of、uh, restricted、uh, to to where、uh, to their city, so they they are not allowed to co-、uh, come out of the city, or people are not、uh, allowed to in to go inside the city, and also especially in hospitals,、uh, because the hospital、uh, because there are so many people infected, and and the hospitals there、uh, were. Basically flooded with、uh, with patients, and a lot of people、uh, basically they have to wait for like, like、uh, many many hours until they get examined.、Uh, so maybe just as well to stay home. Maybe it's better for the patients,、uh, you know, for at that time. But now things、uh, things are getting、uh, back on track, and、uh, and the government have built、uh, two large hospitals with like thousands of beds just for this. So now almost every patient. We'll get a bed in the hospital.、Uh, that's that's fantastic to hear. I know here in the U.S. that's uh, uh, definitely a, a big concern. Is is there enough space in the hospital? They they've、um, called in actually two floating、uh, big hospitals, big hospital ships. One on the west coast, one on the east、wow. coast,、uh, outside New York. I think each have roughly a thousand beds、um, and some operating、wow. rooms、um, that they're they're just trying to find space wherever they possibly can.、Um, As as this is expected to continue here for the time being,、um, I, I want to ask you a, a question. Back to the grocery store here, also.、Uh, before we get into the the nuts and bolts of, of the virus here, but I, I wanted to ask you here. Everybody is kind of stockpiling supplies right down to surgical masks and gloves and cleaning supplies. So much so to the point that、uh, doctors. Physicians—they're having a hard time acquiring these things that they need to take care of sick patients. Was there a run on those type of products? 
Yeah, uh, I saw that type of uh, situation also uh, before. But now uh, everything, I think the supply have, uh, you know, we have enough supplies. So the uh, so everything re- is returning to normal. So people, uh, if the, if you need uh, masks or whatever, you can you can buy it online. Yeah, so those those are available. All right. Let's talk a little bit uh, specific about this virus. I understand uh, that the elderly are more at risk and certainly those with pre-existing conditions and compromised respiratory systems. Um, and I know also that in China, more than half of all men are smokers, according to a study that I came across. I think it was the NIH put this out. Um, and in 2015 uh, in China, there were three quarters of a million people who were diagnosed with lung cancer. Um, given all of those respiratory issues uh, and the fact that they put people at elevated risk for severe cases of COVID-19, are you starting to see people give up cigarettes over there? Uh, that's a good. Uh, that's a good question. And uh, as far as I know, it is true that uh, uh, like half of half of the men uh, are smokers, and I. I I, that's one problem I need to cope with uh, on my lecture tours. I always have to, you know, cover my mouth for, for smoking in the, you know, in sometimes they even do it in the, uh, in, how can I say, in, 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 in the inside the room. So mm-hmm. that's, that's not good. But, uh, uh, I I don't know because I'm no, mostly at home, so I don't know whether people smoke smoke less or not. But I do see some people smoking uh, much less than than I saw before. Maybe uh, maybe maybe it's a trend, but I don't know. I I mean, hopefully so. Um, let's let's yeah. talk about just kind of the the overall climate because we know that these comorbidities not just respiratory issues but diabetes and and other things like that uh really put people at, at a higher risk for coming down with a severe case of of this um do you think that the culture will ultimately become a healthier one because of this or are you starting to see the tide turn there as well uh, I do see some some changes, and people are talking more about you know plant-based uh, diet because uh, a plant-based diet is more anti-inflammatory. And if you already uh, have some uh, or some pre-existing conditions, which are mostly uh, lifestyle-related issues and which are mostly uh, pro-inflammatory, uh, so if you if that kind of inflammation uh, on top of that you have this new inflammation caused by the virus, then you'll have double inflammation in your lung, uh, which will be much difficult for you to uh, to to get through. Uh, so that's what is happening uh, there. So a lot of people, uh, like elderly and also those with pre-existing, uh, pre-existing conditions, they are you know more difficult to get through this. It's it's you and I are so ingrained in the plant based community. I'm wondering if the public at large over there is really kind of tapping into the idea of adopting a plant based diet. Is that being more accepted over there? Not just being generally healthier, but are they actually exploring the idea of adopting plant based diets? Yeah, because this comes from animal, you know, it's like a bat or something. But so, so people are start starting to realize that wild animals are are not good and they they shouldn't touch it. Uh, but uh, I think in terms of other flesh, uh, you know, farmed animals, I think people are are thinking uh, thinking about it and talking about it uh, as i i think that they have more awareness but uh, how how much more uh, can, than before i i don't know but i am i'm expecting more people uh, starting uh, considering you know uh, at least eating more plants well let's talk about these wet markets where the virus is believed to have originated. This one specific uh, to one in particular in Wuhan uh, began with the bat, the bat infected an animal, that animal infected another species and then another animal and then eventually it gets all the way down to humans. And my previous guests, one an anthropologist Wendy Oren and then also having Dr. Neil Barnard on the show, uh both believe that uh there were restrictions put in place after the SARS epidemic in 2003, I believe, um, that would have really prevented this this spread from happening here in 2020. 
Um, are those wet markets still open in China right now? Uh, probably not now, but uh, after SARS, uh, they did some uh, restrictions, maybe uh, in some local places uh, or temporarily. But now, this time, they are getting serious. And uh, I think uh, there is a law just passed uh, uh, that banned all the wildlife trades. So basically, you won't be able to get one if you want. The conditions that are described for these places are, are just really kind of mind-blowing to me, um, that you have so many different varieties of animals really kept in such close and filthy quarters, um, and, and they're live. And then people take them home to eat them after the fact. And you hear about something like that, and it kind of just – the light bulb really goes off very quickly in your head and say, well, no wonder this thing is, is spreading so much. Um, why are they so popular in China? What Can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about the cultural appeal? Yeah, I can only uh, guess. You know, I, <laughs> I don't understand actually because I really don't understand why people would put any animal in their mouth because <laughs> it's considered filthy and uh, they wouldn't, you know, for example, they wouldn't uh, uh, touch a, a, a pig because they think pig is filthy. But why do they put their flesh in their mouth? That's, that, that's mind-boggling. I don't know. But uh, I think people uh, tr want to try uh, different things and they want to uh, I think there may be a culture thinking that uh, if you eat a variety of different uh, food sources you'll get more uh, enough nutrition or you may get enough uh, you may get more you know nutrients that uh, that can help you uh, and also I think in the in the ancient times only the the kings and they will be able to get all, 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 all the meats they want so maybe now everybody uh, can, uh, they think they can be like a king. So <laughs> that's why they, they try to, uh, they, they want to get whatever uh, they can get their hands on. You travel the country and you, you give talks on plant-based diets. Um, by and large, it, are people very receptive to that message when you kind of explain the correlation between meat and inflammation and overall poor health? Um, how was how that message typically received even before uh, this current pandemic? Uh, yes, uh, as long as they are in my audience, then they is very well received because uh, I think people are logical and they they when they see the when they see the data when they see the proof the logic inside then they say yes this is what i should do so that's why i feel um uh, that's why i'm very encouraged uh, to to you know in each uh, each time i i am I'm, I'm giving a lecture because they're so uh, about about half at least i will say at least half of them will 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 consider you know trying trying the plant based diet uh, after each lecture and the other half I believe even if they don't raise their hand they will probably you know reduce the amount of their meat intake so I think it's very worth it so uh, here in the US we're, we're seeing just a, an explosion of the number of people who are turning toward a plant-based diet is the same thing happening over there or is it more of a s slow and gradual type of build yeah I would say slow and gradual okay but but it's it's trending upward nonetheless. That's that's right. It's trending upwards. Yeah. But I think on this side, on on this aspect, China is like two years behind. Gotcha. Gotcha. At least two years. Yeah. So what have you been doing uh, to continue your work while you've been in self isolation? I would imagine at this point, a month and a half in, uh, you got to be going a little bit stir crazy. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, started, uh, people, uh, usually, uh, people, you know, send invitations to me and I will, you know, line them up and go to different cities. But now, uh, people still sending their invita invitations, but this time it's mostly online. So I, I started to switch to online presentations, uh, uh like just, uh, just before you and me, uh, get, uh, getting online, uh, I just finished one online presentation <laughs> to like uh, uh, two thousand people uh, and talking about uh, yeah uh, uh, diet and sports and it's 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 a good topic and a lot of people are interested uh, so so it that's the that that's the good good thing online because uh, you know people from every, any any anywhere in the world can can in theory you know be listening to your talk. 
was this a, a presentation uh, that was done in China? I understand that it was online, but was it in for China. a Chinese audience? Yeah, 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 in, in Chinese, yes. Wow. Okay, I, I'm I'm actually really interested in this because you just mentioned that it was about plant-based diets and athletes, and obviously that's been huge news uh, here in the U.S. over the past year with the release of the Game Changers. Are, are we starting to see some plant-based athletes in China as well? Uh, very few, but there are. I, I yeah, I I I personally know about twenty something of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, twenty about twenty athletes, but they're not top top tier. Uh, but uh, you know, there are there are such uh, people uh, in China. All right. Well, just a, a couple more questions before we let you go. I mean, I really appreciate your time here. I know with the time difference, it's getting awfully late there for you. Um, but what uh, the restrictions, I guess we, we may have already touched on this, but I, I want to hammer home this point. The restrictions that were put in place after 2003 for the SARS epidemic, they were lifted once the story died down, so to speak, and the spread was brought under control. Do you think, and this is just your opinion, do you think that we will see those same sanctions lifted here in 2020? Even though that these markets have already been outlawed, do you think that we'll see the loosening of those restrictions again? Uh, I don't think so. I think this time they're getting serious. Uh, because this time it is a law that's passed. I think last time it was just some local local laws or some temporal regulations but this time it's really it's a it's a nationwide law i think right, well that that is definitely good to hear and my final question to you is when do you think you're going to be able to return to the states <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think it depends on both uh, the situation here and the situation over there uh so i have a visa that uh that i can still extend so here so so i i, I planned to return in uh, just last month but uh, i i wasn't able to so this time I, I i hope i can get back um in in july so that i can attend the uh, nutrition uh, the, the nutrition in medicine summit yeah i would i would love to see you there i would love to sit down with you in person again and, and get a full update and then just really you know kind of shake your hand and and hope that all of this is yeah, behind us at that point me too. Me too. It's very nice meeting you uh, tonight. The pleasure is all mine, my friend, and I greatly appreciate your time and for you uh, bringing us up to date on the situation over there. It's, it's really heartwarming to hear about the progress that's being made and life returning to normal. That gives people here and in other countries who aren't there yet hope that they too will be there in time, hopefully not too, not too distant of the future. Yes, let's pray for it. Dr. Jia Zhu, thank you so very much, my friend. You stay safe. Thank you, Chuck. I got to tell you, as soon as I hung up with Jia, I was telling all of my coworkers about what he said, and that was really welcome news if there ever was any. And hopefully, after hearing Jia, you're feeling a little bit better about things as well. We're going to do our best to check back in with him again in the future, keep tabs on how life is continuing to spring back to normal there. And what's being done about those wet markets? We want to keep a close eye on them as well. How great was it to hear that he thinks that those new laws that have been enacted will stay in place and keep those viral breeding grounds closed for good. Right now, though, let's turn our attention to the steps that we can take to boost our immune system as we continue riding out this storm. This is an interview that I did with Dr. Jasmine Sardana that was originally broadcast live on Facebook. She has some tips for staying healthy and tells us about the foods we should be eating to keep our bodies ready to fight back against this coronavirus. So get your pens and pencils ready because we're about to learn about what should be on our shopping list and what other changes we can make to get our immune system boosted up. The Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll here today with Dr. Jasmine Sardana from the Barnard Medical Center. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me, Chuck. Today... 
And really for the past week, especially here in the U.S., you cannot escape talk of the coronavirus, COVID-19. It is everywhere. And frankly, because there are so many unknowns with this, this whole situation can be a little bit jarring. No, absolutely. It's it's a scary time to live in. Um, but um, I do appreciate that more people are focusing on their immunity. They're talking about their health. And so I think this is a great time to have this conversation. And this is so, so important to me. We've had so many viewers and so many listeners write in and say, hey, can you talk about the foods that we should be eating to boost our immune system? Even though there are so many unknowns still with this, we don't know a whole heck of a lot about it. Right. We do have extensive research on your diet and the immune system. And one could hypothesize that the stronger your immune system is, the better protected you are from this virus and virtually every other, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's dive right in there because I know that we only have about 20 minutes today. So let's go ahead and dive right into this and focus on what are some of the best foods that we should be eating right now? So I think if you look, step back a little bit and look at food groups versus um, actual specific actual foods... If you're getting, if you're eating as close to a whole food or if not a fully whole food plant-based diet where you're getting a rich, beautiful rainbow of vegetables every single day, multiple times a day, uh, fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, those vitamins, minerals, the antioxidants that are, that these foods are naturally rich in um, are going to be absolutely beneficial towards your immune system. Um, there, there have been studies specifically about um, vitamin C, although there's some mixed results with those. There have been some promising studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's, there's, there are always questions about supplementation when it comes to vitamin C, vitamin E, um, beta, you know, multivitamins in general. My approach has always been that if you eat the foods in its whole food form, um, that's going to be the absolute best for you. Right. Your body just tends to absorb all the nutrients yeah, there. And, yeah. I, you know, I think then the two years or so that we've been doing the exam room podcast, I learned that your body just everything kind of works in conjunction with each other. All of those yes. vitamins and nutrients and minerals, they all kind of work together in your body to keep it functioning at its ultimate you know, level. And so when you when you have something, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you, you drink something like just juice or pop a pill, right. you're missing out on so much of that. Thank you for saying that, Chuck, because I think we live in a society where we're, we extract the thing, the magic pill or the magic ingredient and try to turn it into a magic pill to eat that um, and say we're going to be fine. But in fact, you're exactly right. There are all these wonderful pathways and uh, relationships and interactions that are happening within the foods that we will never understand fully. And and you won't get that full benefit until you're, unless you're actually eating the entire food. So let's talk about some specific foods. We just touched on uh, vitamin C there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think that at this time when there's just so much uncertainty, so much chaos, things feel so out of control. If we can give somebody some specific foods so they feel like they have that control within them to go and get these foods, feel a little bit better about the situation, what foods would those be? So... Gr- Look at the rainbow, right? So I would actually start with green. So green leafy vegetables, broccoli, your cruciferous vegetables, including cauliflower in that family, Brussels sprouts. um, That's wonderful. Dark berries are a favorite of mine. So blueberries are completely highly rich in antioxidants, Um, raspberries, um, blackberries. And you can, you know, now I know it's going to be tough to find some of these things on the grocery stores. That's a a reality right now. Um, Frozen. Right. So if you can at least grab things that are frozen, they're just as nutritious for you. They're still as nutrient dense. Um, those are the foods that I would probably lean towards. Yeah, and, and it's funny. Um, I, I went shopping this past weekend and, yeah, the store shelves were ravaged. But um, I will tell you that by and large. Um, the healthier foods were the ones that were still available. And, and so like, I was, you know, kind of not trying to make light of a situation, but sure. at least bring a little levity to it. You know, on Twitter, just like this is a perk of eating a plant based diet right now is that we have a better shot of acquiring what it is that we're searching <laughs> that for eat, than, right. than the majority of people. That's that's a that's an interesting and funny point. But yeah. Um, One of the questions that somebody has raised to me previously is that we were talking about eating whole foods. Well, what if somebody's a fan of smoothies and putting the whole foods in a blender Mm -hmm. 
and mixing all that up and drinking it, are you still getting that same effect? Are you still getting everything at that point? Yeah, sometimes um, you have to do that. Smoothies can be, a, I, I will, I'll add a, an air of caution to that because you kind of have to be careful about what you're adding into the smoothie. So if you're adding a ton of coconut milk or uh, other things that have lots of fat in it, to be careful because it's really easy to get in a ton of fat mm-hmm. um, inadvertently. Um, but that is still a great way to get in a great blend of all of those wonderful nutrients, right? Yeah. And, and what I love about smoothies and something I do with my kids is that I'll make a rainbow smoothie with them. And so I'll do strawberries, oranges, um, bananas, blueberries, but I'll put the green in there, the spinach, mm-hmm. and they have, they're none the wiser and right. they love it. Right. You know, so that's a, that's a great way. And I noticed that you didn't have any added sugar in there or no, anything like that. No, you don't that. need it. Yeah. Right. So it's just the fruit, the vegetable. I'm assuming a little bit of ice and some water? Yeah, some water. Yeah. If you wanted a plant-based milk, you could add that, but you don't necessarily need it. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, I like that a lot. Um, okay, so that's good. Um, and green uh, greens, yeah, we've talked about that. Grains, beans, High-fiber foods, we know that those are healthy for us as well. Yes, um, those are absolutely healthy. They keep you full. Um, You know, this is probably not something that you have to think about at the moment, but certainly being as lean as possible. Uh, Those who are um, in a a higher BMI range, who are obese, who are overweight and unhealthy, um, have a higher risk of developing chronic diseases. And we know that those individuals who have comorbid conditions, uh, when exposed to things like coronavirus, you know, fare worse. Uh, so yeah. getting that fiber in, keeping your BMI down, um, really important to do. Let's talk a little bit about uh, switch gears here from diet for just a second yeah. and talk about those comorbidities and who is at risk. Because when news of this first started to break, mm-hmm. we heard a lot about, well, it affects the elderly. It affects right. the older population. And now more recently, we're hearing about cases where younger and younger people uh, are, are contracting this and, and falling very ill. Um, are some of those comorbidities the reason why somebody younger in their mid thirties or even twenties mm-hmm. would, you know, wind up, you know, just as sick as as a dog on a respirator with this? You know, what's so troubling about COVID nineteen is that we don't know all these answers just yet because uh, some of these young people did not apparently didn't apparently have any of these comorbid conditions. They were young, they were healthy. Um, but we do know that individuals who are 65 and older, and as you get older, that mortality rate, if infected with cor- coronavirus, um, increases, unfortunately. So if you're older than 80, um, so for example, if you're, I think the, the number I saw is if you're uh, in, the, in between your 30s to 40s, your mortality rate is like 0.4%. Mm. But if you go all the way up to 80 and older, your mortality rate increases, jumps to 22%. Right. And it's it's it is it's troubling, um, but yes, we are also seeing young people um, that have been um, infected with this and who have been doing poorly, um, unfortunately. Still, uh, many unknowns. Uh, if you have a question uh, for Dr. Sardana here, uh, go ahead and post it in the comment section below. We will get to as many as possible before the show is over. Um, I wish that we had more time. I feel like uh, you know so much of this is going to focus on foods, but generally speaking. Broadly speaking, it sounds like just eat the rainbow, strongly suggest a plant-based diet yes. to, to stay healthy. Absolutely. Any other dietary tips you can offer? Staying really well hydrated, right? You want to um, stay really well hydrated to keep your energy up. Um, as far as diet, those are my big kind of takeaways. Um, there are other parts of kind of lifestyle that I think are also important uh, in this day, Um the next important being stress management mm-hmm. and mindfulness and stress reduction. Um, it's we are part of there's like generalized anxiety surrounding all of this and it's affecting all of us, whether you realize it or not. Um, this um, environment is affecting all of us. And there are studies to absolutely show that um areas when you're highly stressed that your immune system is suppressed Mm -hmm. Um, and so finding whatever it is that you need to do in your day-to-day if it's opening the door and just going outside for a little bit um, getting sunlight which has uv light which is um, you know could be helpful as far as uh, deterring this this virus um, uh, that or um, exercising indoors or or touching um, 
uh, keeping in touch with a loved one, whatever it is that you need to do to manage your stress. I think that's another big important piece during this. That sounds a lot like the uh, the Ornish approach. Yes, yes. Kind of all encompassing. So that's lifestyle right. equally as important um, as diet. You mentioned physical activity and mm-hmm. just going outside. Uh, I always point to this. You know, so many gyms now are, are closed. You know, with the restaurants and the right. other businesses, gyms are closed. But if somebody just goes for a walk, yes. does that qualify? Absolutely. I think it does. It does so much for mental health as as well as physical health. Uh, so getting outside, certainly staying six feet away from um, people around you, um, but getting outside to get fresh air, I think, is really important. Uh, what about? Um relationships you kind of touched on this a little bit you know and and in this time of quarantining and self-isolation and you know trying to flatten the curve you know and and isolating ourselves it can be a little bit more difficult to keep in touch with our loved ones but how important are relationships right now so important so key i think um as you said with self-quarantining and self-isolation um it doesn't really have to be isolation, right? I I feel thankful to some degree that we live in an era of FaceTime and Skype um, where we can actually see our loved ones. Um, And so relationships are key. This is going to be such an important time to stay connected Mm -hmm. uh, with the ones that love you because, again, that's going to be an important piece in the puzzle of managing stress Mm -hmm. um, and whatever it is that you end up facing. I'll tell you, you know, my wife and and her mother are so, so, so close. And uh, her mom, unfortunately, recently diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's disease. And she's she's in a nursing facility. And last Friday, the nursing facility was placed on lockdown. No visitors can come in. Um, She's about three and a half hours away. But my wife this weekend is going to make that drive and literally sit outside of her mom's window at the facility She's not allowed to open the window, but right. they will talk oh through the gosh. window, right? How sweet. Yeah. How sweet. Oh, that breaks my heart, but, you know, um, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that you talk about relationship. I think that, you know, that's going to be so beneficial for both of them. That's right. That bond is so close. That's right. And that's what you're, that's the well that you're going to be able to pull from during mm-hmm. these times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, what do we know as far as uh, sleep and how important that is? I'm sure that that's a huge component here. Absolutely, absolutely. Sleep is the time that our bodies take um, have to recharge, to rejuvenate, to heal, and depriving your body of that is a big no no during this time. Get your sleep. I know you might it might be tempting to stay on your phone or to keep watching news or to look for the latest update or to figure out what's going to happen next, but um, you know, give yourself a time to wind down mm-hmm. an hour or more right before you go to bed. Um, and this is something called sleep hygiene, working on your sleep hygiene. So finding some time right before sleep to relax, take, you know, put the phone away, have it charged in a, in a separate room. Yeah. Um, relax, whatever you need to do, yoga, whatever you need to do to calm down um, and relax. And then get your eight hours of sleep. Um, if that works for you, because that is the one of the best things that you're going to be able to do for your body and your immune system right now. You know, one of the things that I found recently um, to help settle me down at the end of the day is just to put on one of my favorite shows that I've seen so many times. What is you know, it? What is psych. it? Psych. Psych. Oh, I love that on USA okay. with James Roday <laughs> and Dulé Hill. I mean, I, that is that show is my jam. I feel oh, like I know every episode by heart. But anyway, um, you know, I will put that on every night and just fall asleep because I've seen it so many times. There's that sense of comfort you know that kind yes. of comes with it and then right. i just drift away as Perfect. doby gray would sing Perfect. um let's see here uh tobacco uh oh. smokers i know that this is a respiratory disease so we spoke a little bit about this yeah i i can't stress enough you know there have been this is a respiratory disease it affects your lungs um there is uh, uh the severe version of COVID is uh, SARS or, um, uh, or, or I'm sorry, ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome uh, that can turn into a complication of this. Mm-hmm. Those who are smokers, those who are vaping, who have injured their lungs to begin with, could potentially be at higher risk. So right. if you're smoking, please consider stopping. If you're vaping, please consider stopping. 
Good good tip. Um, and I will say real quick here, we're going to take some questions in just a second, but we have this amazing blog up on PCRM.org mm-hmm. that uh, goes over foods to boost your immune system. Again, I know that that's the question that the majority of you have. Um, and it lists out specific vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants on there. Um, real quick, can you talk about beta carotene and why that one is important? Oh, beta carotene is wonderful. It's in sweet potatoes, carrots, orange foods is where we see beta carotene and also some green leafy vegetables. Um, But the big takeaway from that, similar to the other minerals that are on here, um, is that it's an antioxidant. So if there's radical, free radical damage that's happening within your body, the foods that you're consuming counteract that. So beta beta carotene is a rich antioxidant and important to get in. Uh, Vitamin D, you mentioned sunlight. I mean, that can do that right there. Yes, Absolutely. Um, And vitamin D, there's actually been a recent study that came out. I think it might be on this list here um, that talked about specifically coronavirus and vitamin D supplementation. If you're not already taking vitamin D, if you have a vitamin D deficiency, uh, you might be more at risk of uh, contracting or having a severe um, um, infection with coronavirus. Um, So supplementing getting outside, getting sunlight, and potentially supplementing with 20,000 international units a day might be helpful. All right. Let's uh, get to some listener questions. Again, if you have one, go ahead and post it in the comments section below. We'll get to as many as we can before we have to say goodbye. Uh, First one comes from Mike, uh, who writes in, uh, the WHO said that the virus is airborne in certain heat and conditions. Can you talk a little bit about that, what those conditions might be? What do we know? Right. So um, I I personally haven't seen that um, yet, but I do know that right now we're under uh, droplet precautions. Droplets are larger particles than aerosolized or airborne infections. And the question I think is what is what they're asking is, could the droplets in certain temperatures, and I'm assuming higher temperatures or warmer temperatures, could that turn into an aerosolized potential um, uh, way of transmission? I I don't know the answer to that. It's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't have enough data yet to understand. We're seeing this, the coronavirus, in all um, climates currently. And until we have more data, we won't be able to say for sure. Uh, Amy was asking, can pets contribute to the transmission of the virus? I actually know the answer to this if you have not seen this. I haven't. Please, I Uh, The CDC actually on their website said that they know of no transmission of the virus from a domesticated animal Mm -hmm. to a human, Um, but they nonetheless recommend after petting the animal, handling uh, it, playing with it, whatever the case may be, wash your hands afterwards because they're there's a good chance that the virus could live on their fur. On their fur. And in which case you get it on your hands, you touch your face. That's right. And there you go. That's right. Um, so just wash your hands. But as far as can they transmit the virus themselves, at this point, that does not appear likely. Uh, Jessica writes in, um, how can we continue to get fresh immune boosting foods if we all should be staying home? She says extreme distancing needs to happen now. Jessica, clearly a little bit concerned. Yeah, it's that's a really tough question, right? Um, as much as you're able to, as far as you're able to, the frozen foods um, is, is going to be my go-to, is going to be my answer. We're just going to have to wait and see. I think also what needs to be said is we don't need everyone to go out and purchase every single strawberry and every single blueberry and every single vegetable that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's not hoard all these vegetables. Let's take what you need. Um, I think our supply chain um, will be and stay intact, um, but it's not helpful to the rest of of humanity for one person or a few people to hoard um, so the good stuff. Somebody here is asking specifically about elderberries and their immune properties. Are you familiar at all with elderberries? Yeah, you know, I I saw initially that elderberry could potentially be helpful, um, but then um, saw some, again, some conflicting data and how it can uh, cause something called a cytokine surge or release. And so elderberry may not, in fact, be that helpful. So I would be cautious. Okay, that, that is interesting. I, I just pulled up, I'm mm-hmm. not very familiar with it. I just pulled up the, the nutrition facts for that. Super high in vitamin C, um, yes. Which, yes. Is, which is good. And it's got a couple of them have a great deal of fiber as well, about 10 grams. So that's that's pretty good. That's a quarter of that's what you need in a day. Um, so that's that's pretty good, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure yet that I would be comfortable. Um, Elizabeth, this is a fair question. How will getting this affect our health long term? Wow, great, great point. You know, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, you know, if it's similar to the other coronaviruses that we've experienced, um, I would imagine that the majority of the population will develop immunity to this and um, our immune system will be strengthened um, to those who are able to contract it and survive it Um, and then hopefully provide some herd immunity if it, you know, if and when it presents again. I think somebody else kind of just asked a similar question, the flat out, do viruses stay with us? As in, do we build up immunity to them over time? I would assume that that's kind of where they were going with that. Um, it depends on the virus, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I can tell you this. Um, this uh, segment is only one part of the uh, big show that we have coming up this week uh, on the Exam Room Podcast. So uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we will be releasing the full episode on Apple Podcast and on Spotify, Stitcher, really wherever shows are available. And on that show, I'm sitting down with journalist Wendy Orrent who wrote this beautiful op-ed in the LA Times about how the transmission of COVID-19 was just completely preventable. And she traces it back to the lessons that we should have learned nearly two decades ago with the SARS SARS. outbreak. Um, And it's really interesting how she was able to draw comparisons between that situation and where we are now. Uh, I also have Dr. Neil Barnard on tomorrow's show. And this conversation was absolutely fascinating in that he took it a step further, not just tracing the origins of this virus from China uh, and these massive wet farms, these meat markets uh, where this one originated, but he traces it more to the domestic meat farms that we have here in the United States, Mm -hmm. the conditions that the chickens are are kept under and these other major um, animal uh, factories and, and, the bacteria that's transmitted even right down, not not just to COVID here, the risk of that, but the bacteria there that can cause all kinds of issues, you know, from salmonella to urinary tract infections and how we need to clean up those conditions. And if people stopped eating meat, uh, we likely would be, you know, in, in much better shape uh, when it comes to this kind of thing as well. So a lot of interesting parallels there. Um, And I hope that you do subscribe over on Apple Podcast and Spotify, really, however it is that you get your podcast from. Go ahead and do that, and that show will be released tomorrow. Uh, Any final thoughts? Wash your hands, stay home, don't touch your face, um, and stay grounded, stay positive. We're going to get through it, promise, absolutely. Um, But we each have an important part to play um, and to do your part. I think that's uh, really key. We will get through this. Absolutely. We will get through this. Yep. You know, just give it a little di- little bit of time and we'll get there. And soap and water. And, and soap <laughs> and water. What about hand sanitizers? If you can find them at if this point. If you can find it. But soap, if you're home, you're going to have soap and water. Right. Wash your hands. Uh, Even cleaning surfaces, you can use soap and water. Dr. Sardana, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I know that you're extremely busy right now. Yes, yes. Stay safe, everybody. Some really good tips there, some great information from Dr. Sardana. And if you want to watch the full interview that we did on Facebook, we've posted a link to that in the episode notes below. Now, coming up in the not-too-distant future on the exam room, we are going to have more opportunities for you to ask a doctor some questions because we're here for you. We're always here for you, and that includes especially right now. So Dr. Neil Barnard will be back on the exam room next week for a coronavirus Q&A. It's going to be a full half hour devoted exclusively to answering your questions. And if you would like to submit one, go ahead and send it in. Just give me a follow on Twitter or Instagram at Chuck Carroll WLC. Send me your questions there using the hashtag exam room podcast. You can also find me on Facebook and send me a message there. Additionally, you can follow the Physicians Committee on Twitter at PCRM and on the gram at Physicians Committee. Now, also coming up on the show next week, I should be joined by Dr. Hanna Kaliova to talk about some exciting new research that she and her team have just wrapped up on asthma and how a plant-based diet can help with that. And this is a really timely interview given the increased risk that people with respiratory issues face when it comes to the coronavirus. So how can a plant-based diet benefit them? That's what we're going to find out. 
then we should also have a segment looking at the vaccine that's being developed for COVID-19. You know, researchers have skipped right over the animal testing phase and gone directly to human clinical trials. Could this be what opens the door to eliminating unnecessary testing on animals in the future? We've talked about on previous shows the ineffectiveness of those animal tests, how so often the results don't translate to humans. And so now we're going straight to human-relevant research with this COVID-19 vaccine. We're going to be looking at the implications of that and what it could mean for the future of the pharmaceutical industry. And then we're also going to be looking at the challenges that are faced by diabetics during this pandemic and what they can do specifically to boost their immune system. What researchers are finding with this outbreak is that diabetics, unfortunately, are more likely to develop severe symptoms if they become infected. So this is an important topic that we will be covering, especially given the high amounts of people worldwide that have diabetes very important issue at hand. And there's going to be a lot more as well. All of it designed to keep you informed and as healthy as possible during this uncertain time. But I want for you to remember back to the top of the show. I want for you to remember about what Dr. Jia Zhu said. He said that life is beginning to return to normal in China. And so, yes, this is extremely scary right now, but we will get through this and we are going to do our part to be right there with you along the way. And my thanks again to Dr. Cha Zhu and Dr. Jasmine Sardana for taking the time to join us today. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember... Stay safe and keep it plant-based.